wives if you got good bait. Here a little tip that I don't like to relate. I said, man, fish pot, if you got good bait, I'm gonna fish it. My mama gonna fish it. Baby gonna fish it too. Hello, welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast for Blood Quantum. My name is Tom Chick. I am here with Kelly Wand and with a very special guest, Bruce Garrick. Uh, I'd prefer to be referred to as asshole. Nope. Uh, very good. A quote from the movie right off the bat. Uh, well, Garrick, hold on. We're going to come back to you. But first, I want to find out from Kelly Wand if there are any taglines for Blood Quantum. I don't remember that line. But anyway. Uh, Mohawk and what? So that might be from the movie you didn't watch. <laughs> so, sorry, we'll get to that in a minute. C- c- carry yeah, on, I'm sorry. You're I... making me watch the dumb one. I mean, <laughs> no offense. Spoiler alert. But... So, I'm sorry, what was the tagline that I cut off? Mohawking dead. Mm. Okay, I see where we're going with this. So far, so good. What, what else you got, Kelly Wan, for taglines for Blood Quantum? There's five. That's number one. Good. <clears throat> red skin versus red neck versus bite neck. <laughs> Okay. I appreciated the voice work on that one. That was my favorite part of that one. What, what's number three? I haven't been this scared since the Manitou. I think I meant to take that one out. I don't even get it. Yeah, I don't either. What? Do you mean Manatee? Oh, it's Indians. Oh. They're scary. Okay. All right. You got it fine. It's just not funny. <laughs> That's the real <laughs> Now on to number four. Let's see if it recoups. Finally, a movie that taps into my fear of bald, sword-wielding grandpa. <laughs> I like it. Good. Yeah. I don't. I think you should stop there, but there is a fifth. I mean, is it going to top the fourth? Let's find out. Quantum Punch! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's just for proof. I'm glad we waited for number five. Mm-hmm. That was enjoyable, yeah, yes. Yeah. All right, well, Garrick, to, to shine a little light on what's going on here, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is this movie that we saw this week? Yeah. Oh, well. Shut the light, man. Sure. Well, in case you didn't know, uh, what we saw was Quantum Punch. Sorry, uh, Blood Quantum. Uh, Blood Quantum, it's a 2020. It was coming out in 2020, right? I mean, it was at the festivals in 2019, but I think it's a 2020 release. So, so Bruce, 20- technically, Bruce, I think the, the protocol should be, and I'm just putting this out here for maybe yeah. other, other podcasters, people making lists. It's yeah. when a movie hits a theatrical release or an online release. Like festivals okay. are kind of like uh, early samplings. They're like, like betas in a way. Because I looked it up and and it said some of them said Blood Quantum 2019. I think at the Wikipedia page says 2019. Well, the IMDb anyway, also sorry. no IMDb yeah. also does like I'm the only one they disagree with me. They'll also put the release date out as when it first aired at a festival. Like their thinking is, hey, as soon as there was a cut released to some version of the public or a <laughs> or a, a festival jury, that's when the movie came out. My thinking uh-huh. is it has to be relatively widely available, and that's when it's released. That's just okay. my own personal thing. So. All right. Well, okay. Well, then I'll start over. Uh, so we watched uh, Blood Quantum, a 2020 Canadian yes. hematologic diagnosis movie about the trail of fears. Ah, see, it's Kelly Wand, the, why yeah, couldn't you do I that? You I do- don't know. <laughs> it's not fair. He's got more degrees than me. <laughs> or one better one. Yeah. Um, uh, I would never try to be Kelly Wand. Uh, the uh, movie starred Michael Gray Eyes, mm. and that was a compliment, Kelly Wand. Uh, El Maya Tail Feathers, mm. Forrest Good Luck, yeah. Sorry, go on. Kiowa Gordon, 
Olivia Scriven, and Rene Aubergeonois. No. No? I thought he was I thought he saw him in the back as a zombie. Remember that prank on him they pulled in MASH where they uh, ripped his nuts off? Yeah, that was a good one. You're, you're thinking of Elliot Gould. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, and it was uh, it was not rated uh, because I guess nobody cares, or, or maybe Canada is Canada exempt from ratings. You don't have to be rated if you're in Canada, right? Alternatively, Isn't Derek, maybe there's nothing whatsoever that could possibly be construed by anyone as objectionable. That would make it rated G. Oh, you're right. General audiences, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I bet you Kelly Wan knows. I bet Kelly Wan, yeah. Michael Eisner called him and said, "Look, Kelly, what what do you think?" What do you think, Kelly? What what things should people be warned about if they're going to watch this movie, especially with small children in the room? Well, this isn't a rating I usually approve of, but this time I think it applies. I think this is a pretty solid PG-13. <laughs> wow, why would that be? What things would make it PG-13 instead of G? Nothing, I don't know. I didn't get that <laughs> Just the overall vibe. <laughs> uh, on Metacritic, the average rating... Thanks from... for the tee-up, though. <laughs> the average rating from various reviews is six... 63. Oh, on... six. But check this out. On Rotten Tomatoes... The percentage of reviews that are positive, 90%. Wow. It's up there in like Fury Road territory. It's getting up wow. there. The Fury audience Road. rating, though, by the way, the audience rating for on Rotten Tomatoes, 60%, which means if this had a cinema score rating, it would be like a C. Oh. Yeah. Critics would be like, yeah, woohoo, but, but the audiences, just the random people off the street would be meh. So... Kelly Wand, let's settle this debate right now by having you explain the plot of the movie so that mm-hmm. everyone will know whether this is more of a 90% or a 60%. I think this is the best insight we could get into the appeal of Blood Quantum is to have you synopsize it. Those are the only two options that this opsis will offer, 60 or 90%. It might fall, somewhere. It might fall somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. 60 Wait. It okay, just feels right. like it's quite the disparity. The 60% positive versus 90% positive. I don't know. A lot of critics liked this. A fair number of non-critics didn't like it. What did Kelly Wand see, and what can we learn from that? I can't speak to the last thing you said or remember the other stuff you said, but here's this thing I wrote. <clears throat> Blood quamptsis. Some red words flicker morosely. When the rabbit bites the moon, the sun will never shine over Afghanistan. Farming, that's what's cool. Ancient settler proverb. In front of me, Costner stands up. Some Indians are nice and like that we showed up here. Shut up, Costner. Dancing with the wolves is deadly. It's as deadly as singing karaoke with Cataxula. Stick to your beetle house. Getting popcorn thrown at the back of your head. By the second greatest Austrian who ever lived. Some words wait for them to put their coronavirus masks back on. Then are all Firewater Reservation, 1981 AD. An old man slices open and guts a few fish, but not very well. There's some animation for kids, a forest fire and a pregnant squaw leaking green CG from her vagina down into a pit. Garrick stands up beside me. Everything I've seen so far is medically possible. <laughs> Some credits roll over helicopter footage shot by someone really high and or nauseated. 
Meanwhile, a fat old man drinks whiskey on his porch, then tosses the bottle to shatter next to his bare feet. A car pulls up. An Indian gets out. Hey, Chief Gary, uh, accidentally fed your ex-girlfriend's dog rat poison again. Uh, I thought the skull on the label, uh, looked like a chihuahua. Gary sighs, raises his pistol, and shoots the dog. But I guess not in the head. Man, I wish I could kill your ex's dog. Uh, I mean better. Like if the rat poison had worked. Have you seen my ex? <laughs> Gary's nurse ex chops wood. Gulp. But after one swing, she gets bored and makes some warm tea. Gary walks into her house. Ungawa. Hi, Gary. Um, my name's Joss. Uh, I think I was named after Vietnamese torture incense. By the way, we have a son named Joseph. He's like Lou Diamond Phillips, but with dead eyes. And we have another son named Lysol. Oh, boy. They're both in jail for something Joseph did. Um, also, why is my dog's tail sticking out of your trunk? Huh. You and your euphemisms. How? Gary gets tired of talking <laughs> to her and goes out to sit in his car, sulking. Go ahead, Doris. Uh, this guy called to report he saw someone eating chicken. And your dad is scared. I'm on my way. Later. Hey, son, you hungry? I, I got some fish in that ice chest. Yeah, I already ate two. What the? Dad, those fish are zombies. Look how glassy those eyes are. Like a doll's eye. We give little girls fake babies to play with that have shark's eyes. Anyway, let's burn them. I'm still starving. Speaking of, I also got what's-her-face's dog in my trunk. Check it out. Wow! <laughs> Later. Good work catching those fish, Dad. Based on just that, I'm deputizing you. You now make $50,000 a year. How? <laughs> Gary peels out and drives off. Later, pale face. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the police station. Thanks for coming down, Joss. I uh, wish there were more women in this movie. What did that son of two idiots do now? Uh, well, on the upside, he was actually pretty industrious in terms of uh, looking for a restroom. But, uh... He needs to work on his balance while wiping. Oh, not again. Why does Joseph hate toilets so much? Uh, that kid gets arrested more than a prostitute. <laughs> um, he doesn't charge, though. Gary, I'm going to wait in the car. How dare this asshole imply prostitution's illegal? Later in the jail cell. But, Dad, I really had to go. Okay, son. Since that's a decent excuse, I'm going to double your allowance. Hey, officer, is it normal for Jethro there to be vomiting blood from his eyes like that? <laughs> Later. Usually don't puke blood till after I hit him with my nightstick. He got your tit. And my hand and sun. My three favorite things. Classic Jethro. Later in the car. Mom, I really love this girl, Charlie. That's why I shit on her car and then fell on top of it. You're just jealous of how I choose to express my romantic affections on bridges. Maybe a little. By the way, your lame brother's name is Lysol. <laughs> Trump nudges me excitedly and mimes drinking. <laughs> uh, he's being sarcastic, though. Later in a hospital waiting room, Joseph kicks a nearby girl with his shoe. Charlie, we're dating. Yeah, so you're here to have the baby or abort it? I didn't really read this far into that. <laughs> she makes him hold her hand and shrugs. Meanwhile, in a room with a ringing phone, 
That's weird. We're out of tetanus. I was also at Chernobyl when the hospital there ran out of iodine. And I'll say what I said then. It probably means nothing. <laughs> she picks up the phone. Wrong number. She hangs up. That actually happens. Suddenly a zombie starts eating some doctors. So everybody takes lunch break. Nothing happens till night. Then, in a dark house with Gary in it. Uh, ma'am, are you and that baby you're eating okay? <laughs> if he was white, he'd be dead a lot. That's all I'm saying. Later. Yeah, sorry about that, Gary. I told you in the driveway that the baby didn't have a mouth. Uh, I don't know what that was in reference to. I meant to say my wife's a zombie upstairs. Ugh. You staved in Mildred's face with your gun. Really, thanks, bro. Hey, look, a dead guy on that ambulance. Damn it. Gary stops the car. His son bursts from the ambulance giggling while a woman zombie chews on his shoulder. Oh, Dad, little help. Don't worry, son. I'm the chief of police. She's on top of me. Get her off. <laughs> She's snarling viciously. Someone help. Maybe any of you 12 people watching your butt. <laughs> uh, snarling. Suddenly, a fat man with a chainsaw slowly walks out of the rear of the ambulance and says stuff in Indian. He then uses the chainsaw to give the zombie woman Bruce Garrick's idea of brain surgery. <laughs> the characters all get bored with each other on the bridge, so they light a fire. Fade to black. Bruce Garrick yawns and checks his watch. Well, that was the perfect length. The words are all six months from later. The world, it was destroyed by zombies. Fortunately, Native Americans such as myself are used to living in their natural habitat, shipping containers. I look over at the bone tomahawk cannibal sitting beside me and go, oh yeah, I remember when all this shit happened back in uh, 1981. Lysol giggles at a legless army man chained to a container trying to bite him. Hey, we should do this to the zombies also. Meanwhile, Gary tells a family at the gate some stuff. <laughs> Well, the bad news, sir, is that your daughter there was bitten and was about to turn into a zombie. The good news is I just solved her earache uh, with this knife. So welcome to the Blood Quantum Indian Reservation and Casino Family Fun Center. Please go now enjoy our restroom facilities. Ungawa. <laughs> Joss grabs a blanket off the grieving dad's shoulders and dumps it in a fire barrel. Are you crazy? Oh, that wasn't even my daughter's. Yeah, well, still, she warms her hands. Later in a medical room. Okay, and um, by the way, I'm a doctor or a nurse. I don't know. What'd you eat out there? Salmon? Dog? Snickers! Okay. Did you get bit? Yeah, right here in my belly. I mean, no, fuck you. All right, well, I see no need for visual inspection. Uh, you seem cool. Welcome to Blood Quantum. Um, yeah, I don't need to check. No, no, please leave your shirt down. It's fine. It's not part of this, uh, checkup. Uh, I'm Joss, um, the Native American Midsummer. I can't wait to turn into a zombie soon and kill you. I mean, thanks for letting me stay. Gary stumbles in. Joss. <laughs> that dad locked himself in a bathroom stall and started snarling. Sounds like Grandpa's burritos. Joseph's pregnant girlfriend walks in. Everybody keeps calling my vagina Pandora's box. I have a name. The fat guy walks in, dropping an empty bottle. Hey, I put some uh, Nash and Metal teeth on the bridge. Uh, yeah. 
uses more fuel to run than the Concorde, but think of the couple bullets we saved. <laughs> Indian character Gary, your hand, you were bitten. <laughs> yes, my noble savagery renders me immune to zombie bites. That is also why moose are immune. That night, Joseph cuddles with pregnant Charlie. Sorry again about shitting on your car that night from the bridge strut. I just wanted you to think I'd make a good father. Oh, that was you? Wait, that was shit? <sighs> Joseph, I'm scared. What if our baby's half zombie since I'm half white? Then we won't need any help with the umbilicus. <laughs> I love you. What? Do you have any baby names? Uh, how about zombie? <laughs> if it's a boy and if it's a girl. Um, ghoul? I still love you. What? Look, don't worry. I've knocked up tons of chicks. They never had zombies except for Cheryl and Lublina and your friend Julie. But Julie, she didn't want to be a mom anyway. Cheryl's a good name if it's a girl. What? How about Ad Astra? That is not the one you are in. I don't know why they're in that scene. But meanwhile, Gary hurts his back farting, so Joss stitches it up. Hey, that kid we had... Uh, Joseph or Lysol? The dumb one. I think he got the shitting off bridges thing from me. It's something about the sight of rivets. Hmm. Later by the gate, a heated discussion wraps up when this happens. Fine, but it's on you when these bingo bunnies go south at cheese. Party at my place! <laughs> <laughs> Later at Lysol's awesome party. Oh, that guy had a temper tantrum and drove off angry. Let's go to his house. <laughs> And the farmer's all, never mind why my mouth's bloody. Uh, how come that pig's got a wooden leg? <laughs> Lysol, that story's disgusting. Uh, Joseph, you see, I'm not an asshole to impress you. It's impression. It's maybe what Bruce was trying to say, I guess. That's the weed talking. Hey, check it out. Joey's getting some. They'll look at a guy screaming out of bed while Alicia Vikander eats his intestines. There's some animation for kids again, this time of an angry <laughs> hockey player and some more fire. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gary and the guys hang out on their beloved bridge. Okay, the map in my hands is here. And my finger is, boop, got your nose. They get bored <laughs> and go to a diner named Garage. Grandpa's all, hey, check this. He knocks out of the door and makes the zombies trip over a wire <laughs> that's uh, helpfully already strung in place. Then they go inside and walk around slowly in poorly lit areas. I lean over to Mel Gibson sitting beside me texting and go, take us what I love this part. He loves slow walking. <laughs> Gary finds a guy hanging upside down stuck in wires, so he shoots him. Now where's Grandpa? Grandpa walks up. Zed's dead. Hey. He throws a severed head at Gary, but misses. Meanwhile, beside a car. Hey, bro. I love you, family. Hey, thanks, Lysol. You know what? I really like you now. Oh, stab me. What? <laughs> Yo, great. Now I have no family. Uh, Lysol finds Alicia the Vikander hiding in his truck with a sack on her head. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a medical Joss, what was that thing you were telling that little girl that bordered to sleep just now? Oh, it's called a story. She was scared. It was a pretty scary story. Um, I'll say a pig with a wooden leg. That's fucking satanic. Joseph staggers in bleeding. Lysol, let zombies loose in the bar. Again. Oh, prankster. Damn it. 
classical Lysol. I knew I should have stopped at zero. No offense, Joseph. Okay, everyone, I had a cool idea on how to survive this. We'll just use the other exit. A random guy's all, oh, okay, cool. He walks to a door right next to them with snarls audible on the other side, opens it, walks outside, starts screaming, and then shuts the door. <laughs> Joss is all, hmm, well, I'm not a doctor of doors. Charlie's all, can we panic now? <laughs> I lean over to Carl Grimes sitting beside me and go, I see why Joseph fucked her. Meanwhile, Gary and Grandpa and his friends sit in a police car. Hey, Josh. <laughs> Grandpa threw a head at me again. Classic Grandpa. Yeah, that's great. We're trapped in the basement, asshole. Um, Lysol set zombies loose on us again. Oh, classic Lysol. I think Kelly should be doing your lines with his hand over his mouth. But anyway... <laughs> Wait, aren't you immune, Joss? I thought you were an Indian also, since you're brunette. Gary, I'm a woman. Hurry up. She hangs up. Oh, Gala. Speaking of my ex, who here has the most meat on him? They all smirk at the fat friend. Then they trick the zombies by playing a Kenny Rogers mixtape while the fat friend drives in reverse, which makes the zombies all start dancing with the cop car. We should try that trick with a thin driver in the car sometime, huh, Grandpa? <laughs> Grandpa notices a legless survivor trying to crawl to safety and cuts his head off. Then they cut off some zombies' hands to close a door. The zombies angrily knock and ring the doorbell. Gary runs into the basement wearing a loincloth and streaked with war paint. There's a truck outside. Get on it if you want to live. Beside me, naked Arnold yawns. Lysol and his friends drive off, throw more zombies onto Gary's foot, drive off giggling again. You've just been Lysol! A single tear leaks from Gary's eye. Chip up the old block. By the way, Grandpa, good work killing all those G's with your sword earlier at uh, Garage's Diner. Why do you call the zombies G's? Don't try to understand my system. (laughs) Or as I call you old people, squiggly lines. Suddenly, he realizes he's alone on some stairs and zombies are beating him. Ah, and go, ah! <laughs> Joss, be sure to tell my grandkids how bravely I... Ah, my intestines! Oh, I thought I was immune. Hold on, I better write this down. Don't try to understand my system. Meanwhile... Lysol bribes an old woman named Doris into saying stuff into a radio by promising her sex with a zombie if she plays ball. She does in his last scene gasping in ecstasy. Meanwhile, the fat, white character drinks heavily in a church. You know, you gotta hand it to Lysol. Dude really knows how to stab his brother! Suddenly, Grandpa CGs off part of his face from behind. Meanwhile, Charlie tries to give birth in a car, but Lysol shows up in a hockey mask. Lysol, don't you open that trunk load of zombies. How do you keep getting into the trunk? I mean, or I'll shoot you with this gun. (laughs) There, see? I told you. I shot you. Charlie's all, why didn't you shoot him before he opened it? (laughs) Oh, great. Now I'm bit. (laughs) Joseph walks up. Don't worry, Charlie. I'm here. Joseph, your boyfriend. Later, Joseph and Grandpa track Lysol to a park. Joseph hugs him. 
and then stabs him. Ow! What? Can't you just come up with your own boobs? Why? <laughs> Grandpa's all. <clears throat> there, those gunshots I just fired on some of the zombies. Once we're safely away. Uh, yeah, so I guess I should have waited until we were safely away. Uh, Joseph, the boat's on fire? Damn it. Sorry, I guess I messed up again. I really had to smoke. Suddenly, an identical rowboat carrying two <laughs> chugs into view. Anybody need a lift? <laughs> Grandpa's all. By the way, I'm not leaving this land again. He unsheathes his sword and turns to face the oncoming zombie horde. Wait, Grandpa, what do you mean again? Also, isn't dying leaving the land even more permanently? <laughs> Never mind, good luck. This will make Grandma totally horny. Bye. <laughs> I'll put her off in the boat and watch him die. Although in the animation, he does pretty good. Later in the boat. <laughs> Charlie gives birth, so they make her hold the baby. No, don't. I, oh, God, great. Don't worry, babe. She can't get sick. I just have a feeling she can't. He takes out a pistol. Oh, Joseph, we did it. Got lucky finding people uh, with the boat that's not on fire. Oh, idiot. He had this baby. Assuming it's yours and not Lysol's. That was one crazy night. What? I mean, I love you, Joseph. And that was awesome how your dad and grandpa just threw their lives away. They knew the movie was almost over. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Really, really inspiring to me. Give birth. Oh, wait. I already gave birth. Oh, wait. Check it out. I wasn't bitten after all. And then he shoots her. That's the end. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what happened, pretty much. Thank you, Kelly. happened. And if there was yeah. an Easter egg, I missed it. I stopped watching uh, after. Mm, no, they just they listed all the names in in Quebec where they where they filmed it. So uh, let so Garrick, you are a guest here. Why don't you go first mm-hmm. and tell me briefly what you thought? Uh, I don't. I didn't remind you to do this. Do you, can you think of a movie that's slightly better than this, and a movie that's not quite as good? Yeah, well, I, I did think about it beforehand because <clears throat> of the the movie I was going to put up above it, which I kind of alluded to earlier, was uh, a movie called uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls, mm-hmm. uh, which is this director's first movie. Uh, and it's much better, I think. Actually, I, mean, <clears throat> I shouldn't say it's much better. I think it's much more interesting uh, and sort of less formulaic. Um, a worse movie is that movie. <clears throat> so, so I guess that my my uh, category would be uh, movies either made by Jeff Barnaby or that have zombies in them or both. Uh, so, so that's my that's my over. My under would be that that movie where they're all the zombies are in Scotland and it's a comedy. Uh, I don't know what's it called. Is that Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead? That's not Scotland though, is it? Are they Scottish? I can't remember. No. They're I'm in pretty sure. The pub in the yeah, but pretty sure it's a very, very English movie. Yeah, but Shaun of the That's Dead is probably. interesting that he remembers it as Scottish. Though. Yeah, why would you yeah. do that, Garrick? What's the matter with you? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's what he wanted it to be. I saw it with Stefan in Toronto, and I, I, that when, whenever I go, whenever I did one of those things, it was we were, pro- we were probably completely drunk by the time we got to the midnight showing. So I have no, I, no <laughs> idea what actually happened there. This could uh, be Scotland. Could, well, this, well, no, this was actually this was really. This was really good. I, I think the I think the guy has some talent. Yeah. Uh, I just think that he's not quite sure what to do with it. And um, I mean, this was just. I mean, gosh, it was a te- this this ended. I I, I I timed it. 
it ended exactly it ended it should have ended at 122 which was uh, the movie ended at 137 which is so he's 15 minutes early when uh what was her name um charlie when she fell backward and said i'm bit and then it faded to black that should have been the movie but then it would be ambiguous and we wouldn't know what happened all right well, well we, we could read the history books of what That's happened at that time yeah I, I think brilliant. it should have ended with him getting on uh, torn apart on the stairs because of that's your ending. Well, but I mean, I think Bruce's point is at that point you can extrapolate everything that's going to happen, right. and it's just fan service now. It's like service of the audience. Okay, I've told you everything you need to know. Let me just now show you in case you didn't mm-hmm. get it. That's right. I think Bruce's point. Yeah, which, I mean, I think you could have. Yeah, exactly what Tom said. You could you could have, you could have the same movie go in your head, but there'd be ambiguity. And then I mean, the the freaking I mean, how many Deus Ex Machinas were there in this movie? I mean, it just, it got so tedious. Um, and countered. Yeah. Yeah, where things would just, yeah. The, 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 the car driving in front of him, the guy was about to die in the car. I mean, what, I mean you get one of those as a, as a gag, but I mean, come <laughs> on. But, uh, All right, well, hold that thought because let me uh, – we've, okay, we've set things on. Yep. So your, your over then is uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Your under is Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, my over and under – because um, I, I really, from the perspective of someone who watches so many crappy horror movies that are so formulaic, and that's certainly like Bruce mentioned, that, that's an issue here. There's a lot of hewing very closely to formula that I think is, is a bit of a weakness. But what I appreciated about this movie is that, and it's why I recommended it for us to watch it, but I recommended it before I had seen it. <laughs> so what I appreciate I like about that. this... I like that. No, yeah. that's good. Mm-hmm. Then, you know... Well, part of, partly, I, I, there, uh, as I'm watching, I'm thinking of better movies I could have made you guys watch, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. some of those in a minute. Okay. But, but, but what I like about this is that it is um, – I, I think Jeff Barnaby mainly makes – and this is based on just having seen two of his movies mm-hmm. – uh, family dramas. And I like his writing. I like what he's wanting to do. And I like mm-hmm. how he's casting them against the backdrop of like a, a horror movie. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that what the backdrop is here is a First Nations comeuppance fantasy. Because zombie yeah. movies are generally mm-hmm. – I mean I think zombie mythology is fascinating to me. It's the mythology that my generation created. I love seeing how it's used. Usually it's used terribly because most horror movies are bad, but I really am fascinated by this guy wanting to use zombie mythology as a First Nations comeuppance fantasy. What mm-hmm. if my people are immune to what is going to destroy uh, white civilization, the civilization at large, not even white civilization. By the way, I love how the word townies is a less charged way of saying white because um, mm. there's, a, there's a lot of uh, – there's just a lot of politically incendiary stuff that could be said here, and I he dances around some of it, and that's fine, but I love what he's wanting to do, even yeah. if ultimately the family drama in this is a little bit too much melodrama at, at times, mm-hmm. and I don't feel it's entirely successful. Uh, I like what he's how he's playing with zombie mythology, and, and this is going to run counter to what Bruce said, why I ultimately like this is because I feel like it sticks the landing. Uh, hmm. It gets the ending right. Not the, the, I'm talking about the very ending, not the finale, not that heavy-handed self-sacrifice stuff, which is really goofy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, the 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 very ending, I, I feel that one of Jeff Barnaby's strengths is that he's not shy about being really grim, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that uh, in this movie and in his 
prior movie. Even well, we if to get back to that because I think he pulled some punches here that I think were really, really uh, okay. served the movie badly. But sure, sure, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so anyway, my over and under will be other movies that play with this idea of First Nation peoples. Um, and they are sure. an over is a really really good movie that I finally got Kelly Wan to watch called Nightingale, which mm-hmm. is a a, re, a revenge fantasy set. It, it's a colonial revenge fantasy that has a lot to say about, for instance, the difference between Irish and British. Garrick, maybe you should check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then my under, and I just from remembering how dumb this was and how watching this movie as a kid, I had no idea about the awkward subtext that I assume Whitley Stryber's story is playing with. Uh, but there's a movie called Wolfen, which is, <laughs> which is about, uh, yeah, which is about like, what if Native Americans were werewolves and they ran around in gentrified parts of urban decay and something, something or other and something. I, I think there was supposed to be some sort of a uh, Native American message going on in that. Uh, but Wolfen. smarter than the Indian in that movie. Oh god, the, smart white savior. So goofy, and Edward James almost too playing a Native American is kind of cute to see. That's um, true. So those are my over and under. Ultimately, I did like this, but it does have uh, some serious problems. And I want to hear more about why Garrick thinks that uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls is better because I think that one I might not have understood. I just finished watching mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. Kelly Wand, what did you think? What's a movie that's better than this? A movie not quite as good. My over is Wormwood, which you got me to see since yeah. I can't see Kingdom, uh, but I really like that uh, and its pacing and its ideas. Uh, and there's a short story that I just read in that collection I sent you by that guy David J. Shaw called mm-hmm. uh, Jerry's Kids Meet Worm Boy. Read that when you get a chance. That's my okay. over if I, okay. if I was allowed to do short stories. My under – uh iron eagle 2 the battle beyond the flag again last week it was my under with extraction but it's also about how cool white people are you know when lewis gossett jr shows them how wait that's not what this is about i don't think blood quantum is about how cool white people are i might have missed a few <laughs> like, I'm not a brain surgeon. Okay. But overall, did, did you like this, Kelly Wan? Did it work yeah, for you? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, liked, I really liked the two leads. I liked Joss and Gary, whatever his name mm-hmm. was, and I liked the premise a little. I think the thing that, that sinks it is the thing that would have made Dingus most insane is it has the Stephen King villain who's left alive for no God. reason way past his perishable day that everyone knows is no good and gets mad for no reason and, you know, I don't know, goes that, off on – Ruins everything for no reason. Like, what's he mad about? And I think that's one of the reasons too that I think uh, Jeff Barnaby's uh, melodrama gets away with him is he needs like, and there's some of that too, and I think rhymes for young ghouls is he needs this outrageous villain doing super extreme, implausible things just to create the dramatic conflict. Right. And there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of there's a lot of talking to get there, and it seems like a lame payoff. So, so let's talk about that. The thing with, uh, with, by the way, so is. Is Lysol like a, a common Canadian name or something? Like what, what – is that his last name or a nickname a or – French or something? Yeah, because they reference his mother. Is that, well, he's, his mother is not Joss, right? I mean he's a ha- he's half-brother to Joseph. Right, right, right. Exactly, right. and his mother had died and he grew up in foster care. Yeah. And they say things like he went away as Alan. He came back as, as a Lysol. And I, it, I, don't, uh, I don't know if that was something that was just lost on – I mean it was lost on me. I don't know if that's something that other people would understand differently. But I, I guess that so. was his mother's last name, right? I, I don't know. I think that one of his problems, and this happens in, in Ron for Young Wolves too, is he just blows through things that doesn't explain. And and he, he doesn't, I think, 
have a good sense of how to tell the story just from what you, what people are going to notice and whatnot. And then he shoots everything in this really dark lighting to show yeah. that he has no budget, which which is really, really frustrating because half the time I couldn't see what was going on. He edits but, his own yeah. stuff too, Garrick. I noticed in both of the movies he's credited with editing, and uh, there are some definitely yeah. some, some sequences that just are, are a little too chopped up to make too much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. too long. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I – Go ahead. Well, I, so then I do want to talk about – because this is part of my fascination with this movie, and one of the things that I did appreciate it, that debate that they have at the mm-hmm. front gate of, as Kelly Wong calls mm-hmm. it, Blood Quantum Camp, uh, mm-hmm. where Charlie and uh, Joseph, they've gone out in, uh, across the bridge. And I, I like that metaphor, by the way, that the bridge separates them from the townies, yeah. and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. visually that's good. Sure. Um, so they go out to look for survivors, and they come back, and the guy has hidden the fact that his daughter has been bitten. So mm-hmm. there's this debate there at the gate where Lysol is very angry, and he is basically saying, yeah, we just have to kill her, and he's being very insensitive and a dick about mm-hmm. it. But – and Joss even points this out – he's right, and he's mm-hmm. right too in the the woman that – who lies about being bitten, she ends up infecting uh, him, and then he makes bad decisions. Like, it, it's all about him having this idea that, you know, in a situation like this, with this dilemma of infection and immigration, mm-hmm. right? you have to make difficult choices. There's, there's a, there's a, the moral calculus of this is not easy, it's not convenient, it's not comfortable. Right. And right. that's that's fascinating stuff to me. But then in this movie, he then decides, oh, I got my dick bit off, so now I'm going to destroy the entire camp. Right. I'm going to kill 200 people. Like, that jump shouldn't need to happen to make an interesting story, and I find that really frustrating. And he does it so easily in one yeah. night. And and just and as and a, as followers. a and as a as a tooth gnashing mustache twirling villain too, like yeah. it just it, it immediately slips into this crazy, just villain territory when we did have an interesting moral dilemma, and then we just need a, a scenery chewing villain. I don't why that why does I'm gonna he, hug my brother and stab her. Yeah, that made no sense. The whole the characterization yeah. in the movie. I mean, the, the two you have to have for any movie to be any good, you have to have one of two things. You either have to have interesting things happen. Or you have to have interesting characters, and hopefully both. And the characters here, I thought, just were. I mean, the the uh, what's his name, uh, Michael Gray Eyes trailer, the the the, the lead. Yeah. Yep. I thought he was a bad actor. <laughs> Garrick, yeah, I don't. I thought, here's the thing. It, it reminds me of what Tom said about the main guy at Last Exorcism, and I thought that it added a certain credibility to it, like in a Gita Carano way. Like, see, he's not comfortable in his own skin. I can sort of see that. Like, Garrick, imagine that he's not your hero, but he's the slightly ineffectual sheriff who is eventually going to fail at everything that he does. It's bitten constantly. But I, yeah. I get what Garrick is saying. Like, he's definitely not comfortable in front of the camera. He's yeah. obviously uh, – I don't actually don't know how many credits he has. I was going to say he obviously hasn't worked a lot. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but compare him to, say, Gary Farmer, who's a, another actor who unfortunately doesn't have much to do in this movie. Uh, yeah. Oh, or, or, Garrick, oh, the guy from uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Um, shoot, Brandon Oaks. The guy yes. who is. Brandon like, he's, Oaks, yeah. He's really good. And, and, and he has he, nothing in this movie. Exactly. He should have played. Uh, he's the, um, the guy the who chain- had a lot of meat on him. Yeah, the chainsaw guy, uh, isn't yeah. he? That's a thankless yeah. role. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't do anything. But and he's he, really good in, in Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Right. He should have played, or Glenn Gould from Rhymes for Young Ghouls. Like, one of the two leads in that, those guys are good actors. And I didn't feel that way so much. I, I thought the guy was kind of fascinating to watch, but I didn't feel that way about Michael Gray Eyes in this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it was. And I only it, it was so I am alone on liking him. I'm, no, I don't know. I didn't dislike him. I just thought he was a bad actor. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, moral. You know, I, I don't have an. A, the, the response I have to him is that he was clearly, as Tom said, he was clearly uncomfortable in front of the camera, and it, it for me, it detracted from his performance a lot because I just felt like I was getting pulled out of the movie by this guy that wasn't really sure how to deliver his lines. Now, on the other hand, he is supposed to be kind of this ineffectual guy, although I don't I don't find him to be that ineffectual in the movie. I mean, he talks a lot about how he didn't raise his son well, but, I mean, there's a lot of talk, and, and that's another th- thing is I, I think is a, a, a... I think it's a shortcoming in that you would want to see a lot of that rather than a whole bunch of reminiscences or, you know, go to the exposition room, as, as, as Kelly would say, <laughs> right? I mean, it just... It, it at some point you just it it's the same thing over and over. Oh, I was a bad father. Oh, blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh, he's you know cliche. And, and, yeah. yeah, it's just it seems it it is cliche, and I think the message also was kind of naive too. It was just put in a naive way, which made it worse because of the 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 guy the whoever that guy was. He reminded me of you. He reminded me of like Johnny Depp actually, like a really young Johnny Depp. Uh, who, who was wait? Just, who did? Who did? Joseph? Lysol. The, Lysol. Oh, Lysol. Right, right, right. Yep, yep. I can say that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, he was just a character. I mean, he's, he's a guy. Remember, he, uh, that's that's why I brought up at the beginning of the of the podcast. I said, you know, you just call me assholes. I got I don't act like an asshole. I just am an asshole. OK, well, All then right. that that's your characterization. So now you're just going to stab your brother, which doesn't seem to make any sense. It doesn't. None of this stuff fits. And then you just completely go crazy and start burning people at church. I mean, it, it's it, it gets it goes so over the top that it's just it's it's just silly. Well, my, my problem, too, is how does he recruit Gary? Fox? Like how? How does he yeah, get why, the why, guy on yeah, his? Exactly. And, and yeah. is that just some weird? Is that supposed to be some overdone caricature of a drunken Indian, or is it just because he's drunk? Or like, how do they get from protecting their people and their family to this? Which is a, let's follow. Well, <laughs> not just that, but let's put all the townies in a church as bait and burn them alive with the zombies in a church. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's by the way, that's a that's a lovely sort of concept and a visual for this First Nations comeuppance fantasy. I love that concept, but can we get there a little less outrageously? Like you yeah, have to. What's that girl doing in there too? Like, exactly, James. Like, because she was also the lead actress from uh, 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 Rhymes for Young Ghouls. So I would. I, that was cool to see that, but how do they become bad guys? Like it, it's it, it's such a really cool leap to make, but it's not earned. I mean, I love right. this idea mm-hmm. of going from this idea of these First Nations peoples as saviors to just so disillusioned that they're going to burn all the whites in a church. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like cool and weird, and mm-hmm. uh, but you can't just go there without connecting the lines. And that's it's what like I think. Black the movie Christmas. Does. It's like I agree with the politics, but the movie's really boring. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe because well, and of, I don't. Yeah. So actually, I do have a question. So let's. Are there any politics to this? Because I do think uh, that one <laughs> of my well, one of my favorite things about zombie movies are the considerate ones that use zombie mythology in an interesting way to make a statement. And I'll just bring up like one of my favorite examples, and a lot of people don't like this movie because I think uh, it maybe betrays its identity as a horror movie or an action movie because of the message it's trying to make but the sequel to 28 days later is called 28 weeks later and it's a it's partly about the unique dilemma that the military faces in difficult situations and how compassion is really difficult to implement in policy uh Mm -hmm. and there are just some really powerful political statements there are there any political statements here that are worth considering or that you guys found interesting or explored in any meaningful way or was this just a let's make a zombie movie in a first nations 
uh, part of the world. Bruce said naive. I want to hear that. Explode. Well, do you mean beside the name? What is the name too, by the way? Like, I don't blood quant. I meant to look that up. What that? What? Yeah. I, I think here's what I think is going on. Yeah, I think ahead. I don't know what quantum means. Oh well, I mean, blood quantum is so quantum is a, is a is a is a indivisible part, right? So that how many how many parts of something are you by blood making you a, a you know a sure. First Nations person, right? So <clears throat> that's the, it was this whole idea that uh, your blood quantum, like if you were one fourth. Indian, then you were one fourth. Your blood quantum was one fourth, right? So, is so, so I know quantum from physics, but it's used for like racial identity as well. Oh no, just it's a part. Okay, a, okay. A, a quantum of blood, right? I mean, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna divide things up into indivisible parts, then the indivisible part, like if you have if you have uh, one white ancestor or one sorry, if you have one uh, First Nations as they put it, ancestor, uh, I think it's a, that's a Canadian term that. I'm, don't see a lot, but I think it's very standard Canadian. So First Nations, mm-hmm. meaning Native American, meaning Indigenous, etc. Um, if you're if you have one First Nations ancestor, then that one part of however many ancestors you are counting is your quantum. Quantum is just an indivisible uh, parcel. And is it is it like it it just it like I think of the word is associated with physics. Is it really used right. though in in terms of uh, of like racial makeup. Yes, it's like, a standard term. Was it used yeah. by oh, it is. Okay, not, I wasn't aware of that. It's not a made-up term. Okay, okay, I wasn't aware. I didn't know if he was just being because I think of I thought quantum meant something that's very like tiny that you can't see. No, and it, it just means imperceptible. So qu- a, a quantum of of energy is the smallest energy, right? That, that right. you can you can deliver, right? So, but but it's the it's it's the most indivisible part. Okay, but I don't think I do. Okay, that that makes me think that the movie would be about like r- racial identity, and other than the whole. It is. Townies, th- okay. The whole yeah. movie's about racial identity. I mean, his all his all his stuff is about racial identity. I mean, th- this is the whole thing. This is the thing that I they are, that I found. I mean, it's 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 interesting what he does because, and I, I'm sorry that we didn't watch. It. By the way, Kelly Wan, you really should watch. Um, uh, what's it called? Rhymes for Young Ghouls, because I think you would like it. Uh, it has a lot of. It's very Kelly Wan. It's pretty darn dark, uh, and there's no redemption in it. And real quick, um, I just want to – and don't hold that thought, Garrick, because I want you to talk about racial identity. But I realized, looking up the name of the director, I realized seeing that was the movie that I thought I had seen that movie because I remembered mm-hmm. the opening of it. So when I went to watch it, mm-hmm. I realized I didn't make it past the opening. Like I got mm-hmm. to that opening, which is really grim. I mean the first five mm-hmm. minutes of this mm-hmm. movie is, is a big mm-hmm. gut punch. Ah, I can't and, wait. And I was like, mm. you know what? Fuck you, movie. I, I like turned it off at that point. What? And I'm got good. It's not wait. that it's that good. It's just that I really felt it was just a, a cheap shock. But it does it's it for a reason. Brutal. It's pretty it's, brutal. It's, yes, it's brutal, it, but it, is, it, oh it earns what it gets in that yeah, movie. I yeah. think that I think he really. So Kelly, yeah, watch that movie. It it, uh, it definitely it made Tom turn turn it off. Yeah, and he, yeah. he raged. He raged that with is, that movie. That is not. I've never heard Tom do that. But the thing is, I hadn't seen it before. I thought I had, and realized I'd just seen the opening, and then gave up on it. So I did watch it. So okay, so go ahead, uh, Garrick. This, Bruce this... more adventurous than Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this and because uh, I like the whole idea of racial. Like he makes very racially specific movies. I think both of those movies are very much about racially specific people. Uh, and I don't know if ever there's a, a specific a specific First Nations tribe identified. I didn't catch it if there was. They're fighting against Canadian. They're Micmacs. Right, the uh, Pet Cemetery Indians, Tom. Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> okay, I, I'm really okay. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know. Says in in uh, in Rhymes for Young Ghouls, the the daughter who's the, it says uh, 
you know, why are you drawing a, a headdress? I thought Micmacs didn't wear headdresses. Okay. I didn't know – because that's not a term. I, I have not heard of Micmacs. So when they said that, I thought it was like calling the people who had the gas station in Blood Quantum uh, Muppets. Like I didn't know if they were their nicknames no. or no, stuff. No, you see okay. it's written on a sign uh, Frenchly. Like, and those are, the, like those are the Pet Cemetery people as well, Kelly? Yeah. yeah. But it's just spelled M-I-C-M-A-C. Okay. Like All right. Stephen well, King villain and the Stephen King Indians. Stephen King fans. Mm-hmm. Shudder. Well, well, so yeah. I just th- this idea though of of naming this movie Blood Quantum just still seems weird to me because I love it. I love that title. Because I, the idea is that that mm-hmm. this Blood Quantum confers some kind of thing on you. So instead of being a you know uh, a, uh, a a negative uh, sort of like a something that marks you as being you know not part of the white culture and not part of the dominant you know. You're basically not one of the establishment. This now confers on you the the purity of the of the um, uh, of immunity, right? So I mean, it's, just, okay. it's an inversion. The whole thing Magic is an inversion, right? Same as I'm Yeah. I, I guess when I say a racial – like I, Blood Quantum makes me think about the idea of like intermarrying and – like I didn't see that so much as the issue here oh. as the issue being about this one specific group of First Nations people. I guess there is the stuff where Charlie talks about how they, they think her vagina is a Pandora's box, Pandora's box because bro. she's white. Uh, so, OK. That, yeah. yeah. But every vagina yeah. is, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a was girlfriend it? right now, so I have no was Lysol half white? <laughs> what? I think he was. I think that, okay. that was, was never Joss that was white? never made clear. Joss? That, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, and going by the she actress's name it, too. I would she, well, she's her, her name is El Maya Tailfeathers, so I don't think so. Mm, Tailfeathers, indeed. Yeah. I liked her. You guys didn't like her either? Because I thought she had a really soft. No, she was uh, fine. She was no. She was fine. I'll I'll she tell you this. Chopping wood. She's yeah. no Koryanka Kilcher. No, I have no idea what that is. Uh, uh, you made fun of me. Hand. She's in. She's she plays the mayor briefly in Color Out of Space. Oh, that she's a woman. Beautiful young actress from Terrence Malick's New World, uh, and she. Uh, yeah, I just think she's a, yeah. a lovely oh, creature. Yeah. Well, so so, but to get back to the, the identity thing, I mean, I, I didn't see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't see twenty eight days later, twenty eight weeks later, or eight and a half weeks, or or. Uh, or I, mean, I, I, I didn't see eight. That and a half, turned off instantly. Uh, Give me a blood quantum back. <laughs> Twenty-eight. Uh, yeah. So, um, but but I I feel like there's not a lot here. I have, I mean I have seen most of the the George Romero movies. Um, I I get the idea of the of the zombie mythology. I just didn't get anything here that was particularly interesting from a zombie perspective. I also was annoyed by the fact that. I really felt that the compound that they had, I mean, they had to do something to make a, get a, you know, borrow some money from somebody brought and get a bigger compound because the idea that there are all these like hundreds of people in there, there were, there's like room for 12. And yeah. I think that's why the whole thing got shot in, in such bad lighting to not yeah, show you. Yeah, which survivors are we worried about? Yeah, they're basically in somebody's backyard. Um, but, um, but there was really no, there was nothing interesting about the zombie part. It was just, it was the whole thing was this this identity thing about uh, First Nations, which I, I think that Jeff Barnaby may have something interesting to say. I think he had something interesting that he was trying to get across in um, in Rhymes for Young Ghouls, although the same thing, he had this, you know, super over the top, the, the, what's his name? Uh, popper. Pooker, Popper, yeah, Popper. Okay, popper. You, I think you find out near the end of the movie why he's named that, because he's doing poppers, you see. Yeah. Very yeah. literal. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. That's really good. Um, 
I just I think he has. There, there's a great part in uh, there, there is a very interesting conflict in in Rhymes for Young Ghouls where the father comes back and sees that his daughter has. Well, I, now I'm going to ruin things for Kelly Wan. But the, the one thing that he says is I want. Oh, I, 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 I won't ruin it at this part for Kelly Wan. Uh, that part, but I will say that he's he makes a comment about red trash Indians, and how he how he wants them to all to get out of his house. And I think that. The thing that saves Jeff Barnaby's stuff is that he has – he doesn't have – I wanted to say that the movie that we saw was a Mary Sue, but it absolutely wasn't because Mary Sue is, a, is somebody who's perfect and, and sort of an aspirational character with no flaws, and it's you know comical. I think that the story was a little Mary Sue in the sense, but I think Tom put it better than what I was trying to get at. It was this, you know, comeuppance movie, but the characters were certainly not Mary Sue, and they were not. They were all flawed, and they were all flawed in very specific ways, and 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 in some ways you might say stereotypically First Nations ways. And I thought that was really interesting, and I thought that Jeff Barnaby did a better job with that in the first movie, yeah, because yeah. he wasn't stuck to this. This zombie. I mean, I wonder if he just thought, well, you know, if I make a zombie movie, it'll be more popular than a, you know, who wants to see a First Nations family drama. I thought the first one was just way more interesting. Watch more stuff going on. The performances were better. Um, I, I just this one was really disappointing, and I, I'm I'm glad. I'm actually really glad that I saw them in in the reverse order. I, it would have been terrible if I'd seen Rhymes for Young Ghouls first, then watch this because I've been like, so disappointed. And when I when I went into Rhymes for Young Ghouls, I was I, I had no expectations. I thought, oh. Here's a guy that's making stuff about uh, about identity, and, and it's only it's about identity in the sense that you know it's clearly the filmmaker is is struggling with his idea of what his identity is. And I think that there's a movie that we saw um, that reminded me. And this 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 kind of felt like uh, I don't know this I I don't know what this felt like, but but Rise for Young Ghouls had this weird kind of uh, what was I thinking of? It was kind of like um, uh, I don't know. It was, Kind of like Friends of Eddie Coyle meets uh, some other movie. I can't remember what I got. I had it in my head, um, but it was because it was, it was it's like a heist movie versus like this weird. Um, uh, it was a very it was very seventies. Um, heist movie versus seventies. For I know it's a heist seventies heist movie with a with a somewhat kind of other seventies movie. Um, with kids? But, no, they're all kids. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, but the the thing that I that I remember that thought of when I was watching this movie was actually you guys remember um, was it the serpent not the serpent in the rainbow embrace of the em- serpent this is embrace the, of the serpent of it's the yeah. sequel you were visiting I thought of you <laughs> and that movie while I was watching this yes yeah so because I mean because that's so much an identity movie and 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 Dingus is the one that actually picked it up because I remember yeah. I remember Tom. Tom was kind of get, Tom got really frustrated with that movie at some point when I was listening to the podcast and he said, "Ah, well, I know I've seen movies about you know uh, Europeans being bad to to native populations." And and Dingus is something says something like, "This is movie. It's about identity." And he even repeated himself. Um, and I thought that it was what was interesting about that movie was that the he's he's very the guy's very uh, astute and clever about the way he gave sort of clues about people's thoughts about their own identity that the one of the characters the main character the first part of the movie i think in embrace of the serpent is looking at a flower i think or i can't remember it's some some kind of plant and uh he says uh you know so and so thinks that uh the uh, the moon and the stars are you know some kind of uh um bodies in the sky that's ridiculous they're clearly um you know, petals on this flower. 
and he was just so, he was so dismissive, right? It's like this is who are you idiots? I mean, Everybody clearly knows. this is right, right? And and he, that was part of his identity was that he was holding on to this idea of how the world was ordered, and then it was very much um, uh, sort of played against at the end of the movie. They kind of the, the, everybody, I think it was the Colombians, they're saying the Colombians are coming, going to take everything or whatever. And, uh, and these guys stumble into this camp where these guys are all afraid of the Colombians. And he says that one, one guy says to the other, are, are you Colombians? Are you the Colombians? And, and I mean, they could be anybody, but to them, to the guys that were sitting in that camp, they could be Colombians because they were just something that they were afraid of. So people can have sort of this mutating identity throughout the movie. And I thought that, um, that was a much more perceptive and sort of, of uh, grounded or insightful or some other word about it. I think Jeff Barnaby's still kind of working through what he thinks about First Nations. I think he was on much sort of safer ground with the first movie um, because it was really about a family drama. And I think he had a lot of insight because he probably had a lot of experience in that. But this was just kind of like, hey, what if First Nations people were immune? There's a moral dilemma for you. And, and I think, too, you can kind of – I think I get the sense that Jeff Barnaby is very young, and I also get the sense, and I'm I'm comfortable saying this because it occurs in both movies, that he's heavily influenced by uh, comic books, um, and I don't that's that's fine. There's some good stuff out there, but the way that he wants to put I don't know if he drew these things, but the way that he wants to put these little comic booky animated sequences in yes. here, yes. It uh, feels, and I don't mean this as bad as it's going to sound, but it feels kind of like immature. Like, hey, I drew this cool thing, and let me show you these cool pictures that I drew. And that's, I mean, and that that's great if you want to, like, inspire your cast or your crew, but to just stick it in the middle of the movie is yeah, kind of tantamount. Yeah, it's kind of like tantamount to the director then cutting to himself, and he's going to read you some of his poems. Right. And I, I, so I don't, I don't feel it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel that that stuff worked, and I feel it said a lot about his mode of storytelling, that he wants to draw these pictures in there. Um, and I also and it, thought it was very weird that the that the um, he decided that the the guy who's going to be sort of the in the in the movie that we saw, the sort of epitome of the uh, traditional uh, First Nations elder who is going to stand his ground and you know, do it on the land that he came from, uh, just assumed a, uh, became a Japanese Bushido sound. Why, why, yeah, he's running around like a ninja sword or something. Yeah, what the <laughs> that was a... that? I mean, no, first he didn't fight with, with, with samurai swords, with curved, you know. Can I tell you what I think that was, Garrick? What? Do you remember the bit in Rhymes for Young Ghouls where, first of all, where I realized I have no idea what time period this movie is set in, uh, where one of... It says, the... It's 1976. Okay, well, that I was because I knew that the very first. Oh, I guess. Okay, right, right. I think it's 1976. Right, that's, that's right. Because I thought 76, that opening sequence. Beginning then, was seven was 69. It it shows and it says 70. Oh, okay, because he goes. For, okay, okay. Well, well, I I've lost track of that until someone started talking about her grandfather fighting at uh, Tarawa. Yeah, uh, well, there were no the Canadians Japanese. there, by the way. Yeah, but then maybe he maybe he enlisted with the U.S. Yeah, he wants to have all of it, right? Is I mean, that really true? You do you really yes. know for a fact there were no Canadians at Tarawa? Yes, it was. A and US he ate man. away at him enough to mention it instantly, which said the word. Tarawa. But anyway, Garrick, I, I wonder yes, if there was the hell out of me. Yes. I wonder if there was a, a part in uh, in Blood Quantum that was cut where we're supposed to find out that's where he got this samurai sword that he somehow was it was passed down to him by his father or, or something. 
because I did notice that that was that weird, you know, that's also a staple of fighting zombies is you take a ninja sword, just like taking a chainsaw, by the way. There, there are certain tropes yeah. when you fight zombies, and one of them is shotgun. Shotgun. Somebody should have a ninja sword. Uh, yeah. James so, but I, I did definitely I think of the 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 uh, fighting the Japanese monologue from the previous movie. Yeah. Um, so well, Sam uh, Raimi, like no one's beaten Sam Raimi yet at zombie weapons since. In, in beaten Sam Raimi in what? Like just more innovative zombie killing methods. Like they're just variations on those two things. Wait, why does Sam Raimi get special dispensation? Yeah, is, he, is he the evil dead guy? Yeah. yeah that's but, Chainsaw. First of all, those aren't zombies, but go ahead. <laughs> it's like Garrick pointing out that there weren't Canadians at Tarawa. Those aren't zombies in Evil Dead, Caliwan. Those are demons. What are they? They're demons. Oh. <laughs> I think he used to have as a name for them, like demonoids or... De- de- oh, deadlings. Deadites. Yeah, deadites. Oh, my God, it's even worse than that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was just co-opted. Like the George Romero groupies went, oh, yeah, that's kind of like zombies. Like, dumber people than you went, oh, yeah, let's just take that. Like right, right. Well, I'm trying to think, too. Like, Okay, so, uh, Garrick, you haven't seen Kingdom, but there is, as far as, like, oh, yeah. using zombie mythology to make a point uh, mm-hmm. and to express a unique cultural perspective, mm-hmm. Kingdom is a South Korean production. It's a... I say unfortunately. It's a TV show, so it's more of an mm-hmm. ask than just watching a movie. But mm-hmm. it's a two-season TV show, uh, mm-hmm. which does some fascinating stuff with, hey, I'm South Korean. I want to tell a story about zombie mythology that's unique to my culture. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it does some really cool, interesting stuff. That are, It's uh, medieval South Korea, just to clarify. Oh, wh- what? I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. And I'm trying to think yeah. like – So the first zombies – like Wormwood, <laughs> well, Worm Wormwood has. I guess there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing really political in Wormwood. There, there is a terrible Australian zombie movie that has a lot of heavy-handed, um, clumsy stuff to say about colonialism uh, called Cargo, um, which is really stupid. Do you know Cargo, Kelly Wand? Uh, you've mentioned it, and I feel like I've seen it. Who I plays? Know. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Who plays Bilbo in the Hobbit movies? Uh, Martin, Martin, Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, yeah, Martin Freeman's the lead or actor. Or Ian Holm. Uh, I would say Dead Snow, even though I think Dead Snow is pretty bad. Uh, you hate Dead Snow. I do hate Dead Snow. You make fun of me for if I ever say anything good about Dead Snow. You're like, hell. It's like, oh. Well, I, I think the good thing to say about Dead, Dead Snow, Snow is, is that Norwegians have a unique reason to be freaked out by not Nazis. And they use yeah. they, they use zombie mythology. It doesn't to, have to good play stick in it, but it has better stick than Blood Quantum. Um, a little bit, a little bit more. Okay. There's a little bit more value. Well, here's the thing, too. Dead Snow is ultimately – it, it's confused with being a slasher movie and a zombie movie. But – and here's also one of the things I appreciate about Barnaby. Uh, Garrick, you mentioned that he pulled his punches, and I agree with you. Uh, but I, I think any movie that has the scene with the, the lady eating the baby and certainly ending with the shooting of his wife in the, the head, mm-hmm. like I think there's some really brutal – um, yeah, borderline do. cruel stuff in here, which gets gets a lot of points from me because I think what a lot of movies. What were the ones Bruce felt? Okay, the what? baby, Charlie's baby's fine. That was kind of it's predictable bullshit. Yeah, yeah, but she's gonna die. Like they're gonna kill her though, which I thought was, you know, they saw that through to the end. I appreciate you that. Knew, uh, yeah, but none of that was unpredictable. Right. I th- right. I think. Yeah, I think this. I think his directorial, whatever uh, skills are 
definitely i mean he clearly has picked up stuff from stuff he's seen i mean it's 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 the it's the old tom chick thing where where you know people pick up when i say the old tom chick thing i mean the top thing that tom points out over and over because because it's so true and, and and people keep forgetting it is that people pick up visual styles much faster they than they pick up philo- you know philosophy or whatever uh-huh. and so i thought that his he had this interesting stuff at the beginning of the movie where he was, I think, deliberately not – things were not in frame. Uh, the, he's, he spent a lot of time putting the, the, the land, the terrain in frame, uh, which I think was not – that was definitely deliberate. Um, and then he kind of had the weird um, – he, he had some really good shots in this movie. Unfortunately, they were all of land. Um, and I, what do you guys think of the uh, of the weird of the the strange music? He, he, he I think we completely destroyed the scene of where he had the um, the town and there was the the building that had help written on the top. Remember that? No. What? Go on. Tell me more. In Blood uh, Bottom. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the opening where yeah, binoculars or telescope? No, no, no. I mean, there was there was it was the. It was it was part way into the movie where it had been established that the you know townies were getting sick, right. and but they I think they hadn't established that the that the there was the demarcation of the bridge. They were just about to set up the bridge, but they, but he go, cuts this long shot. And he kind of goes over all this towny, uh, you know, clearly French Canadian. I mean, the stuff's supposed to be in Quebec, right? Which is another weird thing. Why why aren't there all the French Canadians? Um, but because uh, it was. It's filmed in Quebec, and Micmac are, are, I believe, uh, that their territory is was was uh, was northeastern uh, Canada, Quebec. Um, but they they cut to this long shot, and there is the town. It's clearly the town because you make the point of showing the church, you make sure showing homes that are clearly not on the reservation. And there's a, there's some sort of warehouse, and it's got a it's got a roof, and somebody has just scrolled to help on the top as if somebody were going to come with a helicopter or something and try to save them. Um, and I, I think you could have done, there's that movie, Tom, that we've discussed, uh, what's it called? Um, the movie where the plane is crashing into the Japanese town, the Japanese city, because everyone's dead on the internet. Um, oh, Pulse. Pulse, yes, Pulse. Cairo, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that, uh, that was this, that was a really spooky uh, shot. And I think that this could have been equally spooky but he just he plays some weird like rock music which oh. just was stupid and you might have like completely just pieced out of that whole scene because the music was completely inappropriate and i think it really detracted from the i think i don't know if he's trying to lighten the the uh the impact of this what was really otherwise would have been really gruesome or but on the other hand he there are other places where he didn't seem like he, he needed to lighten things so i'm not sure i'm i'm not sure why he would do that yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, like he was going to do it as like a cool rock montage kind of thing, yeah. rather than a creepy abandoned yeah. city kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Learning, learning the ropes. Well, uh, like Tom said, I think he, I think the guy's thirty-four. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, he's like yeah. that's the things I've, he's finding his way, and I'm fascinated yeah. with what he's doing. There was a lot mm-hmm. of raw gen- genius in uh, rhymes for young ghouls. There was mm-hmm. a, a, yep. some more flailing around here, but I liked the way that. He obviously has grown up with like horror movies and zombie stuff, and mm-hmm. so I liked seeing him try to incorporate it, even if it wasn't uh, entirely successful. Uh, and I certainly, you know, will be interested in seeing what he does going forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like it's not a movie that I regret I saw, and it it really helps to just watch a ton of crappy movies. 
Like uh, it really quarantine. does help your appreciation for stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not I'm, sorry I saw this either because I, it made me see the first one. I, I, I think this is completely throwaway. I have no – would never even discuss this with another person. Um, but I think the first one I would. Yeah. And I totally – I totally – recommend to Kelly Wand that he, when he hangs this up or at some point, uh, watch Rhymes for Young Ghouls. I don't think it's I for, it yeah. I don't think it's for Kelly Wand, though. Oh, it I, is. Oh, it's for Kelly Wand. Okay, Wand. you know what? Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Wand, watch it. Don't listen to Tom Chick. Don't listen to Tom Chick. This is the, <laughs> this is the, the movie that Tom Chick turned on and went, ooh, oh, that's too harsh for me. Oh, I, <laughs> I, know. I can't right. deal with it. Okay? Well, it's not so... That's not what I my, – my thinking was he just wants to open with a gut punch to get your attention without earning it. And I, I, I don't want someone to just try to shock me out of the gate. That's retroactively. That, <laughs> you know, fair enough. I, I should have stuck with it. I should have seen Wanda's why he was doing that. cheap shots. That's what Bruce That's said. true. Uh, you and know, I'm is... trying to log into the uh, quarter to three account to see if anybody wrote to us about Blood anything. Quantum. Mm-hmm. I, I can't Did remember they? our password. Hold on. You guys talk while I try to password here. Dude, that book Fear that you... No, uh, talk about movie stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else have I seen? Oh, hey, Bruce. So there's a movie about uh, the grudge chick fighting the ring chick. That's not yeah. real. Is it really? You mentioned that a couple of times. I thought you were just pulling my leg. Oh, I thought you'd seen it. I don't know who any of those people are. No. <laughs> Never heard of it. Oh, them. then I can't spoil the ending like I was going to do for my joke. Mm. Damn it. I thought yeah. Tom had seen it because I knew Bruce wouldn't care, but Tom will mind. <laughs> Kelly, do you remember the password for the uh, the podcast account? Avatar rocks. It's not working. Avatar <laughs> like O R O C K S. I don't remember it being complicated. Avatar R O X. That's the only other possibility, isn't it? Avatar one word like Avatar, not two words. We have so few listeners, we're not even concerned. That well, I'll change up. it as soon as I get I mean, obviously, it's not the password anymore. No, this has to go out live, damn it. This is the greatest part of our podcast right now. Avatar this rocks. Is, well, we put it. Magic happens. We made it. I the, love it when Tom's dumber than me. <laughs> we made it the <laughs> password because we, well, we knew that Dingus was the one who was going to be keeping up with reader emails, so we loved the idea of him having to own the fact Maybe that he, he loved. it on us to fuck with us. Oh, shoot. Well, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, your password was changed five months ago. Wow. That would have been... Uh, all right, well, I'll see if I can get it another time. All right, if you wrote to us about Blood Quantum, well, first of all, thank <laughs> you. Post it in the comments. Yeah, second of all, our password is no longer Avatar Rocks, so best <laughs> of luck with that. <laughs> so fact that into your thoughts about the movie that you wrote yeah. Post, post them in the comments if, if anybody actually saw this. You know, oh, you know what the what uh, what movie this also reminded me of? Overlord. Oh yes, what? Go because I have another one I want to bring up too. What, remind you of what? Overlord. Uh, see, that's exactly that. It's, it's a, uh, that's just one of those dumb zombies. There's so many bad zombie movies, and actually, to be perfectly honest, there aren't that many good zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, they're few and far between, which is a sad thing. Uh, one of a better one, and no one's heard of this thing, there's a really good Scottish zombie movie called Dead Outside. Nobody's heard of it. Nobody. I thought that was England. See? Exactly. Everyone, Shaun of the Dead, yeah, English, not Scottish. <laughs> the Scottish zombie movie, Dead Outside. There's a Canadian kind of zombie movie, uh, which a lot of people Scottish love. I, pardon? The Scottish one. Paul. The Scottish one's called The Dead Outside. Uh, and it's it's very much about uh, the I dynamics. Yeah. Pardon? 
I want to hear every tenth word anyone says. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a, it uses uh, it's very much about the dynamics of infectious disease. Like different zombie mm-hmm. movies will stress different things. Uh, mm-hmm. There's one called Pontypool, which is a Canadian one, which is actually kind of about uh, communication and language, uh, which is really weird. It's basically like a stage play set in a radio station. Um, Tom, I couldn't help but notice I got Shudder just to watch this stupid movie. Yes. So now that I'm paying for Shudder, thanks to you, right. they had the immortal classic 1980s zombie on Shudder. And I wanted to ask you, is there anything worth seeing in zombie other than someone's eye getting stabbed out with wood? All right. I'm going to be – this is maybe culturally insensitive and maybe I'm being a jerk, but I don't think that any Italian horror is worth watching other than the original Suspiria. You don't like the remake sequel? I haven't seen the remake. I want to. Um, and I don't like Dario Argenta. I don't I, like none of that stuff makes any sense to me. I don't like Giallo. I don't like Italian zombie movies. I don't, none you of hate that. Italy because you've always hated no. Godfather. Nope, and nope, of Oz. nope. I love La Ventura. I, I love Fellini. Uh, I love Italian cinema. A, as a matter of fact, uh, the, there's a really good Italian zombie movie called Della Morte Della More, uh, Cemetery Man, which is which is all about oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like about Italian existentialism and. Uh, but I just I just don't like that school of Italian horror that some people are really into. So mm-hmm. there's my recommendation for you, Kelly Wan. What about their westerns? Uh, I uh, yeah, okay. I can, I can take them or leave them. What's your favorite spaghetti western, Tom? Uh, is it, am I going to just seem superficial if I say the good, bad, and the ugly? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Garrick, do you have a better answer for that? What's your favorite which, uh, spaghetti which western? Which one is Garrick of those three? Fistful of dollars. That's not. You're just saying that so you don't look superficial like me, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, really? So here's here's the movie that Rhymes for Young Ghouls made oh, me I'm think of. Better. Go ahead. Th- thank you, thank you for that. And here's the movie too that I think we should have done instead of this because mm-hmm. of. Well, uh, well, th- there's a movie, and I think this is also on Shutter, Kelly Wan. So this will make your subscription mm-hmm. worthwhile. There's a, a Mexican woman who's been working. I think she's mainly done TV, but she's been around for a while. Her name is Isa Lopez, and mm-hmm. out of nowhere, she did this horror movie last year called Tigers Are Not Afraid, uh, right. which which I think has a lot in common with Rhymes for Young Ghouls. So I should watch that because I was yeah. eyeballing that. No, it's great. It, it, if you like a little, and that's kind of what, this is a bit too over the top, but uh, I love social realism that's not afraid to incorporate a little bit of magical realism. And Wait, socialist? You like socialist realism? No, if you think social realism is socialist, Garrick, well, then that's on you. Uh, but the, social realism in a, like imagine uh, in a Ritu and uh, like. Uh, all, all those Mexican films that come out of that tradition of just like the poverty and the squalor and the corruption, um, actually even Latin American. But uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid is that, but it loves playing around with magical realism to make a horror movie. Is there a um, zombie? I'm not going to say anything else. You're going to have right. to watch it. Oh, I yeah. thought of the movie that, that this – and this is going to totally complement uh, – Blood Quantum Way does not deserve this. This is almost the ideal movie that I'm going to say. But when I saw this, I thought of actually not Blood Quantum. Uh, no, but the other movie. Rhymes uh, for Young Ghouls. Rhymes for Young Ghouls. I thought Winter's Bone meets Friends of Eddie Coyle. <laughs> but both of those movies are way better than. I Rhymes love the Winter's Ghouls. Bones comparison, but to be perfectly honest, Garrick, I don't think I know what Friends of Eddie Coyle is. You don't know Friends of Eddie Coyle? Go, Tom, go watch Friends of Eddie Coyle. 
It isn't it, is it the guy who played Hulk? Isn't he in that? Mark Ruffalo? No. <laughs> the guy from the TV show who played Hulk. What was his name? Bill Bixby? That was David Banner. Okay. The Hulk was played by <laughs> Lou Ferrigno. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But wait, is that is Jesus. that what I'm is that what I'm thinking no. of? That Eddie Coyle thing? You're thinking of Peter Boyle. No, I'm not. First yes, of all, it was a different hulking monster, Tom, known as Young Frankenstein. Okay, what is this? children. It's a Robert Mitchum movie. It's a Robert Mitchum. Okay, I'm on board. Yeah. I like that guy. I like it. He's the guy. He's the uh, pastor from that really good. Um, oh shoot, not uh, with love and hate tattooed on his on his knuckles. Yeah, the uh, uh, Night, Night of the, the Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, Night of the Hunter. I love that movie. That's yeah. Robert Mitchum, right? Yeah. So I do yeah. know who he is. That guy's awesome. I will watch a Robert Mitchum movie. I will watch, not watch okay. a Bill Bixby movie. Watch Friends of Eddie Coyle. It's from it's a 1973 American neo-noir crime film. Oh, 70. Why don't you just say it was a 70s movie that I don't know? All right. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking Friends of, Garrick? Yeah. Friends. Uh-huh. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm thinking of isn't I'm thinking of isn't there something called like uh like Tales of Eddie's Father or uh Short with Short Bill Bixby? Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's I get Bill that Bixby. show mixed up with My Three Sons. Chip, Ernie, and someone else. Uh, my three you know, sons. Cool men. I think that's the real takeaway. It's the guy from Double Indemnity. See, I do know a, a few things about old movies. Indemnity. Yeah. Double Indemnity. Yeah. Not the normal Indemnity that no one ever talks about. Not Wait, the I... Phoenix that doesn't rise. <laughs> what? Not the uh, Road to Hell that's paved with bricks. <laughs> All right, so before we go, uh, Kelly Wand, should Bruce Garrick see Nightingale? Yeah, he'd love it. So, and was that a good Kelly Wand recommendation? Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Okay, I good. thought it was. I liked it more than the Baba Dude, and I liked the Baba Dude. Oh no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll watch Nightingale. I mean, it's horror, right? No, it's no. A, it it Just it's, watch it. It's racist. It so, it's socialist realism. It's Australian white. Oh, there's there's a little social there's a little Garrick there's a little social realism there's a little history and there might even be a touch like just a dash of magical realism not really though uh-huh. um, and unfortunately it does whiff a few things in the ending but it's it's well worth watching and Jennifer Kent uh, Australian filmmaker uh, she's amazing I mean she just knows what she's doing okay. uh, yeah all right done I'll watch it yeah okay, and so. Kelly Wand has to watch uh, Runs for Young Ghouls and you have to watch Friends of Eddie Coyle. All right, so we've all got our recommendations. Yep. Uh, I can't watch Tom's. <laughs> you no, but you can watch Courtship of Eddie's Father. I'll let you no, have I thought, that one. I thought you, I, Kelly, I thought you said you saw Friends of Eddie Coyle. No, I was just laughing at Tom. For <laughs> <laughs> okay, just then you should, I want to watch Tom's as well. I was just trying to impress you because you're yeah, cool. <laughs> Oh, all right, no. so we all have a recommend. Kelly, one, I don't guess you've been able to log into the account. No, of course you haven't. So uh, I didn't know if you were trying to hack into it while we were talking, but okay. Axor. No, I'm really busy right now. I understand. Are you going sure to play that thing where uh, the the time appreciation and something will serve us as we get to Barnaby 6 or whatever? I don't what, – what? What is – I don't know what – that's weirder than anything I said. If you've oh, he's talking about that the he's awesome quote from Alien Covenant. But I will yes. say, by the way, oh. as far as an epigraph goes, yeah. the beginning of Blood Quantum, huh? uh, that there was, there was like a paragraph of some weird rules. That I, I didn't get that either. 
that was like then, but it, it was it was labeled then as an ancient settler proverb. I love that, dude. I yeah. loved it. That's it was, a. Bad. I was so. I had the exact. Yeah, because settlers are from ancient times. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a pretty crappy proverb. It was a civilization like, settler, Tom, from civilization. Right, right yeah. but I think of I think of proverbs. They kind of necessarily have to be kind of pithy and memorable. This is like yeah. this weird chunk of text hate. that yeah. I had. This is more like like four verses from the Bible or something. Hardly a proverb. That, that's Tom, my issue. Like, if, if, if it gets a laugh from me, it's good. <laughs> and it deserves to be watched <laughs> and read thoughtfully. I also liked how the last chunk of it hated it really slowly. Like, get ready for this part. Right. Hey, darker right. than Jerry. Here, Kelly Wand, will you, so that we can leave, and then before we play the uh, bit from Alien Covenant, I'm going to have you, Kelly Wand, read the epigraph. Can you open Skype and read that bit of text that I just put in there as a way, to, as a way for us to close? Take heed to thyself that thou make no treaty with the inhabitants of the land. For when they whore themselves to their demons and sacrifice to them, you will eat their sacrifices. Okay, it's not holding up, Tom. I'll grant you. <laughs> you got to see it through to the end, though. That proverb isn't over yet. Oh, you want more? And when you choose some of their daughters for your sons, wink, they will lead your sons to do the same. You know, you eat their sacrifices. Ancient what? settler proverb. Although that does, by the way, get a lot more. That, I mean, that definitely does kind of prep you for what Bruce was talking about as far as the 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 whole racial identity and integration stuff. So, right. well, to be I, fair, I think the movie also. I think Tom. I don't want to interrupt you, but I think the movie would have been better if Kelly had read that. I agree. I, that's true with a lot of epigraphs, to be perfectly honest, right? I like that it's called Blood Quantum, and you're going, oh, cool, physics. And then you see an ancient settler proverb. Yeah. You know what Tom was confused by? Tom was confused by the uh, John Carpenter movie Prince of Darkness, where the physics students figure out uh, that Satan is the in that uh, fish tank mathematically. Oh, I love I love when when theology and math. Yeah, combined. yeah, they fill it all out. Yeah. You don't like pie? You liked Interstellar. Yeah. Oh, I did. You're right, but that's not. There's no theology in Interstellar, though. That's a. That's yeah. a. Interstellar strictly secular, Kelly Wand, except for the bit about love. Yeah, that's my favorite Anne Hathaway comedy. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening to our Blood Quantum podcast. Bruce Garrick, thank you for showing up, and thank you for uh, not watching one but two Jeff Barnaby movies. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for uh, getting me to watch uh, Runs for Young Ghouls. I hope Kelly Wand appreciates it. And uh, we hope that Nightingale works for you. Uh, we will. You will. You will know because I will tell you. All right. Uh, we will see everyone next time with another guest. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Mr. Bruce Garrick and Kelly Wand. Native Americans are also immune to rosacea. Fetch gone fishing all the time. Baby gone fishing too. Bet your life, your sweet wife gonna catch more fish than you. Many fish pipes if you got good bait. Here a little tip that I would like to relate. I said many fish pipes if you got good bait. Oh. Hey, Tom Corn. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? What were you gonna say? Say it. Still say it. Yeah, I edit yeah. around all of this. I don't know if you've ever heard our podcast. No, you don't. You don't even. When I say explosion, you just leave explosion in. <laughs> I have to do all my own munitions. Dare you imply that you're helpful? Outraged.
Uh, hey, Tom, quarantine-wise, I kind of feel like I'm in the eat-the-dog phase of high-rise. I miss high-rise. High-rise was so good. All right, let me make sure I've got the recording. You've recorded the high-rise joke, I hope. I worked really hard on that. Well, now what's his name? What about him? Why don't you give him a call? What for? Ask him about his house. You want me to call what's his name and ask him about his house? Why not? All right, what's his number? I have no idea. I've never met him. Well, neither have I. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs>